Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Today, I'll be breaking down the divisional round. Jaguars versus Chiefs, Giants versus Eagles, Bengals versus Bills, and Cowboys versus Niners. A lot of great games I'm looking forward to this weekend, but first I have an announcement to make with the Unbothered podcast. I want to announce that I will be making my own blog slash website. I know at times I can't do a podcast, and I think there are other times it's do I want to digest, you know, a half hour to an hour worth of information, or maybe do I want to read who does Josh think is going to win this week, or, uh, you know, other tips for sports, uh, information, betting nuggets, fantasy football, uh, mock drafts, free agency predictions, who I think would be a good fit where with who. That'll be up and coming soon. I will let you all know, but I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into it, though, with today's podcast. Again, the divisional round. And can it live up to last year's divisional round? Last year happened to, I, I think, be the greatest weekend in NFL playoff sports history. Uh, if you somehow forgot last year's divisional games, it was the uh, Bengals and Titans, where Bengals won on a game-winning field goal at the end there to upset the number one seed, the Tennessee Titans. That following night, it was Niners-Packers. Jimmy Garoppolo sent the Niners home again last second field goal to win that game by the Niners, a block punt in that game. That was tremendous. Then the following day, we had uh, Rams, Bucks, Bucks down 27-3. to They come back. Rams won that game in what was a crazy game. And then you had the Bills, Chiefs, the back and forth, the 13 seconds, the overtime. I mean, I don't know if that weekend, again, can ever be topped in NFL sports history or playoff history, really, in general, for a weekend of games or a round of games, that was phenomenal. Uh, Just great. I don't know if we're going to get that same level. I think we will closer on Sunday. On Saturday, I don't think so, which is tomorrow. So tomorrow's game, the first one, is the Jaguars and Chiefs. Now, these two played earlier in the season, right when the Jags were starting to come up get on their surge, but they weren't there yet. They lost to the Chiefs 27-17. Game really wasn't that close. The Chiefs were up 17-0, and they kind of just coasted to a win uh, there. So the Jags are looking to upset the Chiefs. However, I don't see that happening. The Chiefs are nine-point favorites. I like them to cover. I do. I think the Chiefs are the better team. I think the Chiefs can get up early on the Jags, and they're not going to lay pat like the Jags or like the Chargers did the week before and allow the Jaguars to just claw their way back into this thing. I think the Chiefs have the big advantage here. Trevor Lawrence also said that he doesn't think Arrowhead can get any louder than it was in Jacksonville last Saturday. Now, that was a big mistake. Arrowhead is the large or the loudest NFL stadium, the loudest stadium in the U.S. Uh, indoors, outdoors, it doesn't matter. Nothing gets louder than Arrowhead. Uh, they registered the highest decibel record 2014 
a game. Nothing's beat them since. They've had loud crowds in the past. Uh, you know, north of 140 decibels. It gets loud there in Kansas City. Uh, there's 30,000 more fans there in Kansas City than there is in Jacksonville, where they're swimming in pools and it's nice out. This is this is a hostile environment uh, they're going into. I don't know why Trevor Lawrence would say that, but I do think the Chiefs are going to steamroll the Jags. It was a great win, but the Jags just aren't there yet defensively. Uh, you know, we saw uh, Justin Herbert make throws and they make and make plays on the Jags. The key, though, was they settled for field goals instead of touchdowns in some key situations. The Chiefs, especially with Andy Reid near the goal line, are much more aggressive. They trust in Patrick Mahomes to get it done. I think the Chiefs convert on their red zone opportunities. They get touchdowns, not field goals. And this thing's put to put to rest fairly uh, enough, you know, into the second quarter, late in the second quarter, to where it's there's no coming back for Jacksonville. I think the Chiefs steamroll them. Uh, I don't like the way the Jags match up with Kansas City. Uh, you know, you need to have playmakers on the outside. Now, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones don't matter. Uh, Christian Kirk. Added them there. Now they're good pieces, Travis Etienne, but they're young. He's inexperienced. Now they have the great win last week. But to me, the Christian Kirk from Aaron Jones, those are those are wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes. Now they don't have a legit dog. Now Evan Ingram, I think, is a great tight end. Uh, but I think the Chiefs can hone in on Evan Ingram. I don't think the wide receiver for the Jags are going to be making any plays. Uh, and they're not going to be able uh, to really get going with the passing game. Then on the flip side, the Chiefs have one of the best offensive lines in football. I believe it's ranked top five. They have, like, the best center in Creed Humphrey. They have one of the best guards in Joe Tooney. So they have a good offensive line. Uh, So Josh Allen, edge rusher for the Jags, is terrific. He's going to have to generate a lot of pressure to make Mahomes feel uncomfortable. And they're going to have to do it on a four-man rush. You're not going to be able to blitz where Travis Kelsey's on these one-on-one matchups and Patrick Mahomes can just dissect this team and do it apart. And I don't think that's going to happen because the Jaguars, they pressure, they get after it. But again, like I said, the Chiefs lead the NFL in pass block win rate. Mahomes, again, is going to win MVP. He was the best quarterback this year, led the league in QBR. Uh, and then when faced with a blitz, led the league in completion percentage as well. You can also scramble, improvise, make plays. Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker in this game. Uh, I believe both defenses are in great. Uh, Kansas City leaves a lot to be desired. They haven't truly been tested yet. Uh, but if they get up early, like I believe the Chiefs will do, uh, they can really coast along to another one, and I can see them winning again by 10, 10 plus in this game. I like the Kansas City Chiefs to win, cover against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Next up, Giants Eagles. Now this is one. This is what I'm shaking on. I like the Giants to cover, 
but the Eagles to win. Philly is seven and a half point favorites. Again, I think the Giants are going to keep it close. Why? This is a divisional game. This is the third time they're seeing each other. They just saw each other two weeks ago, week 18. I'll bite. Not a lot of people playing for the Giants, really resting because they were locked in at the sixth spot. But the Giants are coming off a great game in which Daniel Jones had the best game of his life against the Minnesota Vikings. And the upset win. Saquon was great. Isaiah Hodgins, kind of his no-name receivers were good. The defense, you know, was good, not great. But here they face the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, to me, to me, there's more pressure on the Eagles to win this game. Uh, the Giants, you know, nobody expected them to be there, to be in the playoffs, to win. You know, there's a decent amount of people that thought they could win last week because against the matchup uh, that they had. But nobody really thinks they can beat the Eagles, can they? So Giants are playing with house, house money. Brian Dable, terrific coach. I think he'll win coach of the year. Daniel Jones, who I call Disaster Danny in his career, uh, mocked him. And i got to tip my cap to him because he's played great. Brian Dable has turned him around, turned this team around, back to being the New York football giant. So, again, they're playing with house money where nobody believes in them. And then you have the Eagles, tremendous pressure, even though they lost last year. We're a one-and-done, the seventh seed. They're now the one seed. Some people... Have said all year long, including myself at times, that they look like they are the most complete team with the best roster. Personally, I think that's changed to the Niners, but I think the Eagles have a talented football team. So the more pressure is on them. And of course, you're the one seed, you just had the Biders, always more pressure on that team. And then you have the question is Jalen Hurts going to deliver in the playoffs? Then a one playoff game, he didn't deliver last year. Daniel Jones in his first appearance last week, guess what? He went out and delivered. So I think this is going to be a hard five game. I think it's going to be a close, close game. Like I said, I think the Giants cover, but I do think the Eagles score late, touchdown, field goal to put them up. They win this game. I just think there's too much talent on the Philadelphia Eagles for them. Uh, to lose this game, although I think it's close. Again, the Giants are playing hotter than they have been. Uh, the switches are clicking for this team. I think this is going to be a great game. I would not be shocked at all if the Giants were to pull off the upset. Wouldn't be shocked one bit. However, I just I don't see it happening uh, with the Eagles there. I think the Eagles are going to get after Daniel Jones. I think the only hope the Giants have in really pulling off the upset is if Saquon has a monster Adrian Peterson, Derrick Henry type game where he rushes, you know, for 200 plus yards, two touchdowns, something like that, and they dominate the time of possession and win the turnover battle. So for the three keys for the Giants to pull off the upset, Saquon going crazy, Time of possession in their favor and the turnovers in their favor. They're not turning the ball over, but they're opportunistic and they're creating turnovers. If they can do those three things, guess what? Giants, you'll book your spot to the NFC Championship game. And wouldn't it be so, you know, 
it would just feel so right for the Giants to make it to the NFC Championship game, not making one in like 10, 11 years. And, you know, they're a lower seed, they're a six seed like we've been in the past. And here this is up-and-coming, stingy team with a quarterback who's not the most talented or gifted, but here he is with a solid team and a solid coach, and here they are again, man. You just never know. So I do think that'll be a much better game than the preceding game. Uh, but I do think the Eagles pull it out, although a very, very close margin. Then we get to Sunday, and two games I'm very excited for. Uh, first, Bengals-Bills. This is going to be filled with emotion. Uh, I haven't heard reports if DeMar Hamlin will be in attendance, but this one's going to be emotional because this game will be 20 days later than the Monday night game where Hamlin suffered uh you know, went into cardiac arrest. Now he's back with the team. They're practicing. This game is in Buffalo. In Buffalo. And in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl era, not all time, but in the Super Bowl era, it's been hard to win in Buffalo. I believe Buffalo's home record is 13-1 and at home in the Super Bowl era. It is tough to go into Orchard Park with these, you know, crazy, raucous fans and the environment in a win in Buffalo. Uh, I think Cincinnati's used to the cold. They're used to the big games. They're used to all that. It's not going to be, you know, a psychological edge or anything that the Bills have. But I think, again, the home crowd plus the DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, just playing for him. You know, I think this just, Buffalo to me has the feeling of a team of destiny. Now, would I feel better if Von Miller was playing in this game? Yes, because they went out and got Von Miller for games like this, for a big game against Joe Burrow in the divisional round, but they don't have them. But they got the next best thing. What is that? Joe Burrow is going to be without three of his offensive linemen. Left tackle is out. I think Jonah Williams is the name. Right guard Alex Kapp is out. And, of course, Lyle Collins is out the rest of the season with a knee injury. So you have those three people out, uh, two big free agent signings, in which was Kappa and Lyle Collins, that right side of the line. Now they're, I think, starting one person who only has two starts. The other, not a lot of starts. So it's going to get shaky. Uh, Joe Burrow was under duress last week. Uh, this is going to be tough because last year Joe Burrow was the most stacked quarterback in the NFL in the regular season and postseason combined uh, as well. So he's going to face a lot of pressure. So if Bob Miller was here, he'd feast. But it's going to be up to Gregory Rousseau, uh, Phillips, interior pressure, getting to Joe Burrow, making him feel uncomfortable. Now, they can negate that, I believe, not by running the football because I don't think uh, the offensive line can hold up in the running game either. But I think if you know Buffalo's not blitzing and Joe Burrow's great at uh, dissecting uh, the defense pre-snap, I think Joe Burrow, I think it would be smart for the Bengals to be an empty set formation to where you have, you know, five wide receivers wide, Five wide receivers or four wide receivers tight end, four wide receivers running back all on the line of scrimmage so that he can make check down throws, make plays, quick pass, 
uh, to negate the pass rush and to keep the Bills honest. I think that's going to be a huge factor for the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Uh, I don't think Joe Mixon or Samaji P. Ryan will have a great game running the football, but in order for him to win, their wide receivers, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, are going to have to do great. Then on the flip side, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the one knock on him this year has been turnovers. He's turned the ball over a lot this year. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to be opportunistic. They're going to try to look uh, for plays. They're going to play the ball and try to turn him over. And Josh Allen, usually in the playoffs, hasn't been turnover prone last week. Kind of got him. Uh, you know, the pass to Cole Beasley kind of bounced off Cole Beasley. It was a deflection. You give him that one. Been a deep pass to John Brown. Miscommunication there. and a, a sack fumble. So I think Josh Allen plays a cleaner game. But I think Bengals breaking pressure can create Josh Allen to get a little jumpy in the pocket, make a bad throw that can be picked off. So I think bringing Mike Hilton off the slot blitz, something like that to kind of disguise pressure is going to be huge. But I think Josh Allen lives for these big games now. I think Joe Burrow does too. To me, this is a fantastic matchup. Joe Burrow, who I love. Josh Allen, who I do as well. I mean, this is going to be I just a fantastic, fantastic game. I don't get, I think, the five, five-and-a-half-point favorites the Bills are. Wouldn't give them that much. I think Cincinnati covers, but the Bills still win. I think this is an ultra-close game. This is a high-scoring game. Bills win a close-out, a thriller. They advance to Atlanta for the AFC Championship game. But this game, this game is going to be fantastic. Uh, again, I think Josh Allen, he's going to lead his team to win. He doesn't, he hasn't lost at home yet in his playoff career. He ain't losing to the Bengals again. The emotion of Demar Hamlin as well, all that factoring in, that's going to be a great game. Next up, Cowboys and Niners. Now, recapping so far, I picked the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills. A lot of people are rolling with the Chiefs-Eagles. Bengals-Bills are sort of split. And I've seen a lot now with the Cowboys-Niners. I'm rolling with the Niners. But I think there's a lot of people that have been bamboozled after the Cowboys beat the Bucks. That the Cowboys are just this Super Bowl team. They are sipping the Cowboy juice now. The, seeing through the blue lenses. And they're all high on the Cowboys. Now, in defense, I did pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Cowboys last week. That turned out awfully wrong. But when you really stack it up, the Bucs were an 8-9 and nine team. The Lions should have been in the playoffs over them. I mean, I don't think the Bucs were that deserving. So the Cowboys were, you know, 12-5, and five, much better than the Bucs. So... You kind of had it coming, even though some people like me gave Tom Brady and the Bucks the mental edge, experience, and all that, and the Cowboys being the Cowboys. Now people think that's going to carry over all that greatness that they had. Well, they're playing a vastly different team. The Cowboys, yes, just blew out the Bucks, but the 49ers only like a month ago obliterated the Bucks more than the Cow- Cowboys just did. Uh, I think the Niners are going to win this game. I think the Niners are favored by four. 
I think they get that. Now, the Cowboys better watch what they wish for. Doing a lot of talking. Dak Prescott says this is what they wanted. The revenge game against the Niners. Michael Parsons said the same thing. They're doing a lot of talking for just winning one playoff game. I think Dak now has two playoff, career playoff wins. He's nothing special. I'm not buying it. I am buying the 49ers system. I'm buying Kyle Shanahan, Brett Maher, kicker for the Cowboys, had the yips and the extra points, missed four in a row, missed four out of five. He was awful. They had to sign a practice squad guy. But guess what? Micah Parsons, you're not the best edge rusher in the NFL. The team on the other side of the field has the best edge rusher in Nick Bosa. Micah Parsons, I think, will be aligned a lot on the right side versus right tackle. There ain't no way Micah Parsons want none of Trent Williams. He did the best left tackle in the game. He ain't about that action. If they're going to have him, he's going to go up the middle. He's going to be on the right side of the offensive line. So you have that counter matchup there. But I think Nick Bosa is too good. The defense, Fred Warner... The secondary, I mean, this 49ers defense is stacked. It's loaded. D'Amico Ryans is a hot head coach candidate for a reason because of how he has this unit playing. Then offensively, there's too much firepower. All Brock Purdy has to do is get it in the hands of his playmakers. Give it to Christian McCaffrey or Kittle. We signed Debo last week. Brandon Ayuk. They have so many talented playmakers. And for the Cowboys, they just don't. Uh, the Bucks really beat themselves last week. Dak was great, but I see them having a game plan uh, to beat the running game. They can get after Dak with four. They won't make the same mistakes that the Bucks make. Uh, the Niners are better coached. They're facing a real gauntlet uh, here in San Francisco. I would like San Francisco, honestly, to wipe the floor with the Cowboys. Uh, I do think the Niners will be up. Niners or the Cowboys will obviously have to score to try to come back, make a play here or there. I think they will late in a meaningless football game to make it seem like by the box score standards it was respectable, when in reality this game will not be that close, it will not be that tight. I like the Niners in this game here. Uh, Dallas, again, they've lost seven straight playoff games as an underdog. Uh, their last one was against the Niners 30 years ago, so a lot of people want that correlation that obviously our Cowboy fans like this is the opponent. Everything in San Francisco, they think all the stars are lining up just for them. But I'm here to tell you that it ain't and that it won't. I got jerseys for all teams this weekend except the Eagles-Giants game. I will be repping my Fred Warner jersey for this game. The game before, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes on Saturday. So, great divisional round of football. I am looking forward to it. I've got the uh, Niners winning, covering. I've got the Eagles winning, Giants covering. I've got the Bills winning, Bengals covering, and I got the uh, Jaguars out right there. Who do you all got? Then, now moving on 
I want to talk about Matt Weiss from Michigan. Now, this is my podcast. This is Unbothered. So there's always going to be a slant or maybe a little extra talk about Michigan and the Detroit Lions because those are my teams. I can talk about it. And it's kind of a big deal with Michigan uh, because he was my co-offensive coordinator and he was uh, released today, was fired, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm at a police investigation regarding computer crimes. They were more allegations, fired for expected cause. Nobody knows, or I guess nobody, but the public, grand public, really doesn't know anything about the ongoing investigation, what has really happened. They know it involved a computer. They know a time frame of when it happened, where it happened. But it's all been a little vague. And I do think this is a, a big loss for Michigan. I think Matt's a tremendous offensive coordinator. Uh, it was him and Cheryl Moore head of this attack. Matt Weiss was also the quarterback's coach, so they lose that. I think the offense will be fine, but I think they had a nice balance here. I think Cheryl Moore, being the offensive line coach, was more of a running attack, and Matt Weiss dialed up the plays for J.J. and the shots, especially in the Ohio State game. I give him more credit for that one. So I think this is hard, especially because coming from his background, coaching the Ravens with John Harbaugh for 11 years, this is an NFL guy. This is a great coordinator. So I think this is a uh, big loss for Michigan and a lot of allegations around Michigan. It's been this thing now with him. It's been Harbaugh and the recruiting violations. And those talks have halted. It looks like those won't really resume and pick up until after the 2023 season. So, again, Michigan has its back-to-back greatest years in a long time, and people want to create distractions and unnecessary things. It's just uh, it's terrible. You hate to see it. Of course, it's to Michigan. It never happens to Alabama or Georgia or another school. It's, let's pick Michigan out of the bunch because we got beef with Jim Harper because – the way he runs and does things around here just can't be right. We just can't have Michigan fans that happy. I mean, that that would be too much. That would be too much. But, again, it's going to be a great weekend, no matter what. I think NFL slate, divisional round, a lot of great games. Then NBA. No, I haven't talked about it a lot in a while. But that is rounding into form. Two big games tonight. You got Heat Mavericks. You got Grizzlies Lakers. Uh, high contest there. Uh, so there shall be more NBA talk, I promise, in the future when all this NFL is wrapped up. I'm looking forward to it. I love sports. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.